welcome back to Investment Fund Secrets. I'm Bridger Payneson, and today we're going to talk about how to pitch any investor. I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around, and now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it with no investors and without an Ivy League degree? This podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. All right, all right, all right. Today's episode is going to be kind of fun. So we're going to talk about pitching investors and what to do, how to get in the room with investors, how to talk to investors, and how to get them to actually pull out their wallets and give you money. And this is one of the biggest hardest things to get started into. And the biggest barriers, when you think about, oh, I'm going to start a fund, the first question that comes to everyone's mind is, well, I can't find money. No, no one would give me money. I'm not rich. I don't have, I didn't go to Harvard. I don't have the, the connections. Screw that. Screw all of that. And in previous episodes, I've told you story after story of people that did not have any of those things that went out and started massive multi-billion dollar funds. A great example is Nate Paul. I've talked about him at 24 years old. Got in, found an amazing deal on a real estate property. I think it was a 12 unit deal. Put some money down on it, bought it. 90 days later, sold it and made a $600,000 profit. He found a, seriously found a fantastic deal. He then went on and said, hey, I think I've got, I've got something here and started finding more and more deals. And because he found so many deals, he started to find investors, brought money in. Right now he's 31 years old, runs just over a billion dollar, that's B with a billion, billion dollar real estate empire right now. Um, Fantastic story. My dad's the same way. My dad grew up in ghetto North Las Vegas. I've told his story a few times before, but ghetto North Las Vegas, didn't go to Harvard, just an entrepreneur his whole life. Wanted to start a fund, knew how tons of rich people started funds. He said, I want to get into this game. He actually decided to find money. He said, I I know a few people that can get money. I'm going to find a partner though that's really good at raising money. And he found one of his, his partner was incredible at raising money, spent his whole life networking, getting into those places, became partner, said, hey, I've I've got a great investment strategy. Let's go find the money. He had his partner go out and find the money. And I've told those stories in more detail in previous episodes. If you want to go back and find those, you can. Um, But it, it there's a few points, a common threads between both those stories. And there, I can tell you dozens more of similar people that have gone out and done that, but they all have an incredible investment opportunity, incredible strategy that you can't turn away from. Nate Paul had found, he, he spent about a year going to auctions, uh, doing job shadows with real estate experts. He'd find anybody he could about real estate. And he learned from them until he could go out and find his own deals. And it's way, way, way easier to pitch investors when you find your own deals. So anyways, I'm getting off track, but today I want to talk about a few different things. And that was the first one. The first one is strategy. Okay. This is what investors will look at. So there's three things. The number one is strategy. So you could be the saddest sack on the planet and have no, no pedigree, no Harvard degree, whatever. But if you have a great investment opportunity, that is the first thing investors look at is like, wow, they're planning on doing what? And they can secure our money how? Wow, that's actually, that's amazing. That works really well. I'll give you a quick example. I, right now, I don't, I don't have a Harvard degree. I'm in my mid-20s. I'm a young guy. I don't have any of that. But I went out and found 
some guys that needed a, they needed a million dollar loan. This is about a month ago. And they were willing to put up a $6 million property as collateral. A $6 million property as collateral. And I was like, uh, hello. Like, yeah, that, that works out. Um, and so I started calling. I called everybody I knew that had any amount of money. And I said, guys, I got a great deal here. These guys are looking to, they need a million dollars. They're willing to put up a $6 million property that we can have a first deed of trust on. Who wants in? If they pay us back, great. We make a great return. If we foreclose, we get a $6 million property. I called a few people. They said, this is a great, one guy said, I don't have the money right now, but I know five people that have money that could do. And so he connected me to those five people. And another guy said, ah, I'm, let me, let me, if you give me, you know, help me get a part of this deal. Can I connect you to my investors? I said, sure. And the network, the branches of those networks started, started spanning out like a spider web to find money. The example we always use is if I had a Ferrari in Canada that let's say it's in Northern Canada that you this weekend could buy for $75,000 cash. It's a brand new 2018 Ferrari. It's worth, let's say it's worth like 500 grand. But they're willing that they just, for whatever reason, they got to sell it to you for $75,000. Could you find $75,000 by this weekend? Like dang straight, you could find 75 grand. You Like if you said no to that question, you got to rewire your mind. If you could find, and it's guaranteed 75 grand Ferrari, and it's guaranteed it's good, it's not fake, it's authentic, everything checks out 100%. And you can go up to Canada and buy it. Let's say you got to transport it to the United States for a thousand bucks. Could you find $75,000 to go and buy that Ferrari and not using any of your own money? I believe you could. And you got to change your mindset to say, yes, I can. So if you found a, a property, a real estate property that's worth $20 million and it's a fantastic dealer like me, I had a fantastic, I had a million dollar line of credit they needed for a $6 million. That was a fantastic deal. Like, yes, I'm going to, I like, I, in my mind, I was like, okay, I don't know where I'm going to find the, the million dollars, but I know I can find the million dollars went out. So that's the first thing is finding the strategy in the deal. That is the easiest, best way to get started with that. So, and Bridger, wait, I don't have any deals though. Right. And how do I get these investors numbers and get in the room with them and get talking to them? Now that is a number two is getting going where investors are. There's lots of ways you can do this. Um, great places, universities, um, at least for me, I'm young, right? There are plenty of rich people that love to donate back to their alma mater where they can, you know, they donate there or help out students or give their time. That's a fantastic place to start. Go to the business schools, talk to professors, say, Hey, I've got a great deal. I'm looking for money. If they see the deal, they're going to help connect you. That's a fantastic way to go. Another way, um, rich people think about where rich people like to hang out. What do they do? A lot of them vacation, a lot of them go to charity events, charity balls. And um, if you can start getting contacts, you don't need to pitch somebody the first time you meet them. But what I like to do, when even if I have a good deal lined up and I meet, let's say a wealthy person at a party or at a charity event or through a school thing, it depends if, if I need money right then, I'll, I'll kind of tweak my strategy. But a lot of times I just say, hey, I go, hey, I'm, I'm Bridger, what's your name? So-and-so, oh, I ask them, what do you do? They go, oh, well, you know, I'm, I, I kind of ran a business a little bit ago. I'm kind of, you know, retired now. I kind of just do other stuff. So, oh, that's perfect, right? They just, if they kind of play it down too, it's just perfect. You know, they have deep, deep pockets. And then most of the time they ask you in return, what do you do? And I say, oh, well, I do. I run a small fund. We do real estate investments. Um, and we, a lot of the times we find people that are willing to put up assets for as collateral, and they need like, and I'll tell them, Hey, for example, 
a little bit ago, I, I, you don't have to do the deal. You can just say, I found a deal that was a million dollars and these guys were willing to put up $6 million of collateral. And anyways, it was a fantastic deal. And they usually go, wow, that's really cool what you're doing. And you go, so yeah, that's great. And maybe close the conversation and say, hey, I know this is out of the ordinary, but if I ever have a good deal come across my desk, would you want to look at it? Are you kind of the type of person that would be interested in looking at deals? Nine times out of 10, a person that's a good investor for you is going to say yes. Everybody wants to look at a good deal. That's all you got to say. Do you, would you want to look at it? Like, would you want me to just forward you an email and let you look at a good deal? Nine times out of 10 people say, yeah, you know what? That sounds good. And so you get their contact information and you put them on your list and start building your investor list. And this takes time. This is something you should start thinking about all the time and start right now of who are people in my space and don't be pushy. Don't be shabby. It should be natural. Um, this is what you do for a living, right? Is you find great deals and everybody's looking for a great deal. And you just say, Hey, I only do deals where I know it's a win-win situation where we're going to make money for sure. I don't do risky stuff. And if it's not your cup of tea, when I send you a deal, no worries. It's not going to hurt our relationship. Just tell me, no, tell me you want to pass. It's not a big deal. Um, but if you want a good deal, I'll send it to you nine times out of 10, that person's going to say yes. So that's the next thing. Number two is being where investors are. And then third is, and so once you've got a good deal, once you've got in front of the investor, which is a really hard part, is getting in front of them or getting the contact information. That takes work and time and effort and thought. Um, a lot of the time, sorry, back on that note of finding investors, I play the card of the newbie a lot or the college student. I'll, I'll hit somebody up on LinkedIn that I don't know, but maybe we have a connection or through school and I'll say, hey, I'm just a guy, I'm getting started out in my career. Would it be okay if I sat down and, and I, I have 15 minutes, I just love to get on a phone call with you and ask you about your career. I'm trying to start a business right now and I'd love to get some advice from you. People love to give advice to college kids. Everyone loves to help out a college kids or a newly, a new business guy. Everyone loves, not everybody, but a lot of people like to help those types of people. And I'm, I'm talking about mid, mid-tier investors here. Um, if you pitch it that way a lot, don't, don't say I've had investors tell me, do not tell me, Hey, I want to pick your mind. Like that phrase, people hate that phrase. But if you say, Hey, I'm starting a business. I would love to get advice for 15 minutes on a phone call when maybe when you're driving home from work or whatever, you can just hop on a call with me. I'd love that. And, um, you know, the worst thing they can say is no, right? It's worth it, worth a chance. So that's, that's the other thing about getting in front of investors. There's plenty, just put your mind to it. Start thinking about it. Take away the, the false beliefs of I'm not rich enough. I don't have the right, whatever. I don't have the right socks. I don't have an MBA after my name. I don't have the blah, blah, blah. Okay. Take that out of your mindset because people are willing to help, especially in today's economy. Um, when they have TV shows like shark tank, other things like that, where people are dishing out money like crazy to average people, you can do this. Now, third thing investors look at that I've heard from investors, they look at the team, right? What type of team am I investing in? They look at the person. So, uh, you know, you need to be introspective about your resume, about what you're doing and about who you are. And if you have a big hole on your resume, it's fine. Just explain the hole. Say, and if they ask you about it, just say, Hey, I, you know, for a few years I was just lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I explored some options. And now though, I've figured out what the bad was so I can taste the good. And I've, I've changed things, whatever it is right now with team, when you start getting more and more investors, and bigger investors or institutional investors, the team becomes important. And so if you don't have the Harvard degree and the Washington degree and you feel like you need one, go find somebody with a degree. All these Harvard guys and all these Stanford guys and Wharton, you know, guys and gals, sorry, I say guys, but I mean guys and gal, like I mean men and women. When I say guys, it's both. But they are like, since they started business school, they are looking to get into a fund. 
Like all of them. Like you ask anybody at an MBA school, like, hey, you want to start a fund? They always go, yeah. And their ears pop up like, whoa, you're, you want to start a fund? Like that that's crazy. And it's that's why this podcast and this, what we're doing, this movement of investment fund secrets is so crazy because even these Harvard kids don't believe they could start a fund until 20 years out of out of college, right? They just don't believe that they have the know-how to do it. When in reality, it's not that hard if you just bootstrap and you're a serious entrepreneur. And so when you when you approach people that are Harvard grads, Stanford, whatever, and you say, hey, I'm starting to fund. We've got these great deals. I've got this great strategy like I was talking about at the beginning. I've got these investors already lined up or I'm lacking investors. Can you help me with that? And I would like you to be on my team or my board of advisors. Their eyebrows go up. And that's another conversation. You got to pitch them and close them on that. But it's a lot easier than you think. There are too many people in the world that that want to be on. They're entrepreneurs. They want to get started. They talk about it in their rooms, but there's very few doers that actually have something up and running and functioning. That is a different breed. And it's right now I run a fund. It's nothing crazy big, but it's growing and we have investors and it's it's doing well. It is so easy for me to go and talk to Wharton and Harvard and people like that because they say you're running a fund. How old are you? And you know, run it. And to me, it's not that crazy. And it's, it's not that unattainable, but to them it is. And so they love to be partners with me and to team up on deals or to whatever it is that I need. Um, anyways, long rant on that, but pitching investors isn't as hard as you, as you think. Um, now one other thing I want to talk about is how to, so that's how you get in front of the investor. How do you pitch the investor? Now, the second half of this I want to talk about is the actual incentives for the investor. How do you incentivize investors to believe in you? So this is something my dad taught me. I'll give him full credit for this. When you're starting out a fund, you have got to structure your fund in a way that helps incentivize investors to trust in you. What I mean by that is this. When my dad started his first fund, um, and give you a background, most funds out there, they charge a 2% management fee. So if you gave them $10 million, they're going to say, hey, we're going to charge 2% on that. So they're going to charge $200,000 just to even have your money. Before they made any profits, they charge a 2% management fee, which is actually quite a bit of money. So my dad, and he told me, and I did the same thing for my fund when we started our funds, we said no management fee, nothing at all. We're not charging you any money because we're new guys and we're scrappy and we believe in our strategy so much. And it goes back, previous episode, I talked about confidence. Confidence in pitching investors is vital having the confidence say, we're not going to make money unless you make money. The other way, so stretching your funds, we're saying we're not going to do any management fee. What we did is said, we're going to give you an 8% pref. A pref is essentially, on that case, it would be the first 8% of all returns. So if we go out and we do trading or we do real estate and we get money back, the first 8% of all returns goes directly to the investor. Okay. You'll tell them, hey, I don't make a dime unless you've made at least 8% return. Does that sound fair? And most investor goes, wow, like I've never heard a fund manager say that before. Wow, that's actually really cool. And then then you can say what we did after that was say, but so after that, I, I'm working for carried interest is what it's called is after the pref. So what we did in our fund, we said, okay, first 8% goes to you, Mrs. Investor. The ninth and 10th percentile, we're gonna call a catch up and they're gonna go back to the fund so we can kind of catch up a little bit. And then if we, anything above 10%, 
let's say this this year we got a uh, 18% return from percentile 10 to 18, we are gonna split that 80-20. So 80% goes to the investor, 20% comes to the fund. And you say that to an investor and they go, wow, that's awesome. I mean, and, and you just say, hey, I'm we're so confident in the strategy, we're gonna make money, we're gonna give you the first 8%, and then above that, we're gonna split it 80-20. And, uh, or 70, and maybe you can say we're going to split 80, 20 to 20%. And then we're going to split 50, 50 above that. So anything above 20%, we're going to split 50, 50 and anything above 35%, we're going to take hundred percent of it. So, and you can do that in your fund, depending on your investment strategy and your type to make sure you're also making a lot of money, um, as well. But when you structure your fund that way, it makes it so freaking easy to pitch investors. Cause they, they go, man, this is, this is hard not to invest in. I'm getting the first returns. They're they're working for carried interest and they have a great strategy. They have tons of confidence. I mean, it's a, it's a no-brainer. And then you can say too as a nice on top say, "Hey, all of us as well have also put money in." It's called having skin in the game, right? You say, "Hey, I Mr. Investor, I've also put money in as well." That's how much I believe in this product and this and and what we're doing. Bam! Like you say that to an investor and it's like it's like, wow, like what, like what more do you want? And that's why, like when I've had investor meetings, when I've gone, I've had a, I don't know, multiple investor meetings now, um, almost all of them have gone super well and I've gotten money for my deals. Talking to them because of the way we structure deals. I'm not greedy at the beginning. I'm trying to make a name for myself and get a brand. And then eventually down the road, um, you know, I'll probably convert to a 2% management fee like all the other people. And cause I'll have a better street cred, but right now I'm scrappy. I'm young. I've got to make a name for myself. Yeah. We're not doing a management fee. We're going to give you the most of the returns. And I want to build an investor relationship with you for future deals. Make sense. So in review, pitching investors, number one, have a fantastic deal. Go and find the deals, put them under contract, get them ready. That gives pressure to the deal. Number two, be where investors are. Um, get people on your list and just say, Hey, if I have a deal, come by my, my desk, I'd love to throw it by you. And then number three, build your team out. If you want to build a team out, it's very, it's a lot easier once you start moving into a fund to find those Harvard types or wall street types, if you need them for a fund, which I don't think you need. And then fourth is structure your fund to incentivize investors, make it a win-win for them. Don't do a management fee. Um, that's my suggestion. You can do whatever you want, but that's my suggestion. Um, at least at the beginning to gain street cred. All right. Love you guys. See you in the next episode. Yo, if you're just starting out, you probably have a lot of questions. That's awesome. I want to hear them. So please go to investmentfundsecrets.com, submit your questions. And if I like your question enough, I actually want to bring you on the show with me to ask those questions live to me. And I'm going to bring on another investment fund manager to answer them for you. So if you're interested in that, please submit a good question on the website. Again, that's investmentfundsecrets.com. See you there.